0: Love, talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Kellen Patterson, of the O'Kellen Clan, O'Kellen Live. Yeah. Anywho, this program is sponsored by People Pay Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. All of it. That means I'm not saving any for you. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking. For a solid foundation to stand on in the vehicle to draw your gaze like you are Deseroy. <laughs>
1: like a mac truck through ice cream. Deseroy.
0: Check, it. Check <laughs> us out with Snickerdoodle Sprinkles at V4VMuscle.com with a little chocolate way on the side. And now, please. <laughs> a lot of chocolate way on the side. It can't be on top It has to be on the side That's okay
1: because I am doing great And I'm ready to dip all of that ice cream On the side right now As we speak If I had some Which I don't (laughs) But that's okay
0: The the thought of it the it (laughs) The thought of it
1: still works so, anyway, I hope everyone is with us and they aren't in Oz, carried away by a tornado or who right. knows what in a flash flood, because all of this weather has been crazy. I saw a really cute post, and it was talking about tornadoes and floods and hails and earth or whatever is going on. it's like, which one of you out there is playing Jumanji? And I'm like, exactly, what is going
0: on? Yes. Love the analogy. It's,
1: it's, I mean... Uh, We're on our way to June. I know. This isn't even typical spring weather. But anyway, I digress. So I know everybody's had some crazy weather. But before we get on our show tonight, KP, I just want to call attention real quick to our last Thursday show where we had on Elijah Weber. Um, He is a natural athlete that uh, tested positive during a drug test. Um, which he knew he would because he had a prescription for Adderall, which has amphetamines in it. But what he didn't understand is how the therapeutic use exemption works and what that process was like. So for anyone who didn't get a chance to listen to last Thursday's show, you're going to want to check that out. So go to the archives. And... um, Or go to P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin, our Facebook page, and the link is out there. Um, We also have a link for WADA's therapeutic use exemption. So check that out because if you are on a prescription for ADHD or, you know, ADD or, you know, whatever might be that's legit that you can qualify for a therapeutic use exemption, then you're going to want to get this information in your hands as soon as possible and apply if you plan on competing this year or next year or whatever, if you've got a show picked out. Give yourself plenty of time and follow the process so you don't end up like Elijah, who is suspended for competing for a year, simply because of a misunderstanding, which was he thought he could turn in his subscription following the competition, and that is not going to help you. You have to get your therapeutic use exemption done before you compete. So please do, and that's the public service announcement I have for tonight. KP, why don't you set us up and uh, give well, us a sneak I, I peek into who we're, we're talking to.
0: I got to do my rant before you set it, before we go any further. Because oh,
1: no, you got a rant? Ben, okay, go with the rant. Yes,
0: I have been shellacked for my rant Black. for Thursday. Yes, I mean oh just browbeaten because of what I said toward the end of the show, and people thought I was basically speaking ill of the dead, and that was not Uh-oh. the case at all. I am actually tired of people dying for drug abuse, and and that was what I was talking about. We're 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 so quick to dismiss the drug usage aiding in someone's early demise, but it seems like we can talk about everything but that. And my comparison was to the actors that have died from either a heroin or cocaine overdose and everybody feels bad, but they still acknowledge the drug that basically canceled out this person's life. That's all I was doing. And what I was speaking of, was basically the teaching of drug use and basically extending the death toll, you know, as it is, because we're basically showing others how to do it. And I say we because, you know, this is someone I knew and I've been connected to him for almost fifteen years. And so when I would speak against it, I was doing it straight to his face when he was living. So this is nothing new our conversation is just that he's no longer here to hear it. So, you know, I'll just leave it at that. I wasn't speaking ill of the dead. I've known him for quite some time. And we've had this conversation time and time again, especially when someone that uh, he told was natural had failed their drug test because of uh, diuretic or prescription diuretics he'd been taking as per his coaching. So these are things that I have spoken to him about while he was living to his face. This is not something I was doing basically after he died, and then I'm speaking very poorly of it. I've seen enough death from uh, drug abuse on all sides, and uh, steroid abuse is the same thing to me as heroin or cocaine. If you want to think differently of that, that's uh, on you. I'll leave it at that, but I didn't want that to get in the way of the show because I know you guys are already messaging me about it I'm not scared of you guys, okay. I've been to war. I'm a war veteran. This has nothing to do with fighting. This has everything to do with living. I'll leave it at that, Des. If you have anything else to add, I'll let you, and then I'll bring on our guests.
1: Uh, no, I don't think I do. i You've got the messages. you've addressed them, you've clarified. What your intent was, so I think you got it handled. Let us let us move on with the uh, chit chatter and the banter.
0: I love the chit chatter and the banter, Desiray. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now, yeah, what an introduction. Hey, we're working on it. Anywho, this young lady uh, was at. The Wisconsin Warrior. I'd actually seen her before, prior, at the DeKalb Spring Naturals. And I don't know how I ended up in one of her pictures, but yeah, I did. And I look about as clueless as can be. I don't know what was going through my mind at the time. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. But anywho, she looked amazing then, mm-hmm. and she got even better for the Wisconsin Warrior. And I'm sure she'll look even better still. She's been on a roll as far as competitions. No slopping or, slowing her down. Can't stop, won't stop. And, Alicia, please introduce yourself and let the p for p community know exactly who you are. And don't forget that Midwest Muscle is chiming in as well. Hello, hello.
2: Awesome, awesome. Well, happy Tuesday. And it's funny you mentioned that picture. I literally just noticed that like a day ago and I got a super huge kick out of that. But that was my first show back in three years. Uh, So this is my third season. I took a several year hiatus. It has been a long journey back to the stage and I am on a rampage. Um, So it will be my sixth show coming up here, which is kind of crazy for a normal human, but we all know as bodybuilders, we are nothing near average, would not suggest any first-timers attempt to do that many shows. Um, But for me, it's something that I've long loved and long aspired and desired to do where it was on my vision board for 10 years before I hired a coach, 11 weeks out my very very first season but for me it was just that next level whereas a trainer yoga instructor it really gave me a reason for my training and just discovering that next level and my why what I'm capable of when I'm able to fully commit to something where some of those life lessons have been harder for me to learn in other arenas of my life but for love is sport. It's much easier, and then it's beautiful watching that same discipline and other principles that have led me to success in my sport start to trickle over into other areas of my life. Um, so that's me, me right there in, in a nutshell.
1: All right, fantastic. And that, you know, and that nutshell is a good place to start. But let's go ahead and crack that open a little bit so you said you know it took you a little bit to get started um you know and hire a coach and you just came off of a long improvement season what even made you want to jump on that stage in the first place and just pursue all of those qualities that you were just explaining to us a second ago i wanted to
2: embody strength and health and vitality and excellence and step into what I'm fully capable of see what my 100% looks like and when I first discovered bodybuilding it was back in college reading oxygen magazine and it really helped me begin to understand how to fuel my body properly how to train my body but life things and stuff happen and I just had had excuses and false starts and didn't fully commit to it. I was interested. You know, I talked to a coach, but I didn't pull that trigger on hiring a coach until a couple months before my twenty eighth birthday. And I said, For this year, I'm giving myself the gift of being in the greatest, best physical health shape of my life. And that's when I pulled pulled the trigger, you know, eleven weeks out, most people have longer preps uh, with my background in, in training. And working out pretty consistently, you know, from the time I was in high school, I had somewhat of a foundation built. So it was really just kicking it up that next next notch and becoming a little bit more disciplined with everything.
0: And now, a part hey, when of you're that question. A, Go ahead.
2: About that, the improvement season wasn't there a question about that? Why it was so long? No,
1: I had just said you had come off of a long improvement season, but oh, if you want to elaborate, go right ahead.
2: Oh, again, there were, were false starts, but, you know, things like relocating, job, hernia surgery, um, you know, ah. it, it kept getting sidelined and pushed back, but the, the goal, the drive, the desire was always, always there to build upon those two previous seasons and the, the lessons that I'd learned where after three years since my last show, I was really, really hungry and more more focused, having learned a lot of lessons the hard way.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we've already got a couple of questions rolling in from our listeners based on some of the details you've already shared with us. This first one is from Bill. He's saying hernia surgery for women? So maybe elaborate a little bit. <laughs> On yeah. just what happened there and what that recovery was like for you.
2: So, the, the hernia that I had repaired November 1st of this last year, a couple inches above my belly button, and I actually got it from throwing up, of all things. But I'd been oh my put goodness. on, um, I know, I'd been put on an antibiotic about a year before that, um, that they put me on it for 10 days and said, don't work out for eight to 10 months because it put me at a big risk for tendonitis and other soft tissue injuries. At the time, I was training five, six days a week pretty heavily, and I went from doing all that running, lifting, to walking and yoga, and I still ended up with tendonitis in my elbow, shoulders, Achilles. And my recovery time wasn't the same for years, but a year after that don't work out for eight to ten months from throwing up, I got a hernia in the center line of my abs, that I just worked around and accommodated for, um, you know, five, six years. Uh, the doctor said it's, you know, mostly cosmetic. It didn't really hurt. Um, but when I look back at pictures from that very first season, that's all, all I saw. And I wasn't really able to do core. And I had to be really conscientious and cautious, lifting as heavy as I like to. And um, last year, I decided it was finally time to get that taken care of. And, it's you know, day one after surgery, I dialed in where I was like, I'm starting, this is the start of my prep where, you know, I started following my macros and I honored that six week period that the doctor said only 20 pounds weight limit. So I went to the gym, you know, like a week later and it's like, okay, what can I do with 20 pounds? So I got creative, honored where my body was at and then. Six weeks later, I started working with my coach and trainer, and I was back at the gym five, six days a week, rebuilding from there. And from the time I had hernia surgery to stepping on stage, it was five months and one week.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. And so you feel like now you're fully, well, obviously, you're rocking and rolling on the stage, so things must be going well for you now.
2: Things are going great, but it's funny because I was so out of the doing core routine that up until my very first show, one of my teammates, she gave me her core routine. And otherwise, I'd only been doing core one day a week, but having that, that hernia for so long, I became very aware of my core and how to keep it engaged whenever I'm doing any exercise because everything can be a core exercise if you're consciously engaging your core during that movement. Yes, but it's been really, good. really, yeah, it's been cool to see, though, like actually starting to do a little bit of core work, 10, 15 minutes a day, every day, how fast things can can change. That's been really fun.
1: Well, consistency makes a huge difference. And the amount of weight, really, if you're consistent, is almost not as important at least not in my view so glad to hear that that was really panning out for you and James is curious about this too because he's asking if you've been lifting heavy during this prep or just keeping it reasonably safe because of the surgery
2: I you know I honored where my body was at and I started lifting lighter um, to begin with and just honoring it, like if my core felt like it was Sure, you know, being very mindful of my breathing, still keeping it engaged, but um, the weights have gone up progressively, and the week before my first show, I was hitting um, new PRs on my deadlift and bench, so that felt really, really good to have that gain in strength come back so quickly as well, and not just come back, but come to whole new levels.
1: All right, awesome on that. This next question is from David, and it's going to take us back to your uh, yoga coaching. And he's saying, yoga and flexibility, which I need a yoga coach desperately. My, my flexibility is just ridiculously bad. Um, how has it helped with posing, and, and what are the benefits, and how are the benefits pulled over into the health side of living My wife loves yoga, but I don't see the comparison or connection to overall better health. So I think there's a couple of things there he's looking at. Oh, my greatness. Wow.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, science says, and I don't know the exact article, but couples that do yoga together have better sex. So there may be some motivation for you to open your mind about yoga. (laughs) Um, But. It, it helped with the the mobility and being able to really get the the torque and the, the twisting, the angles, being able to create those. and my I learned the hard way where and I was in yoga teacher training. I was in season, but I wasn't practicing as much as I needed to and I ended up injured as a result of going hard, you know, had a job at the time where I was on my feet all the time, easy for me to crush myself at the gym, but to slow down and do some of those restorative practices, it ended up biting me in the butt where knowing better and not doing better doesn't help. But by stretching out those muscles, you have less risk of injury, more mobility. It actually makes the muscles um, look better. I was reading in the um, bodybuilding encyclopedia Arnold's book and talking about like the importance of stretching back muscles where that's been really key for me this season as I gained greater kinesthetic awareness of my back and being able to feel when things are engaged where just working the muscles helps but being able to stretch and feel where things connect and how they connect really has been valuable for me and as a bikini athlete, we have to prance around in these crazy five-inch heels that you tighten the calves, the hip flexors. And as you know, if you're doing the poses correctly, your back will hurt. We have to have something to counteract that where I would love to put those heels on every single day, but that's just not sustainable for my body with all the, the other training. So I have a, a designated practice in you know, like three to four things that after every posing session that I make sure to incorporate so I can keep my back happy, so I can keep keep competing, because it doesn't just matter what you've built, but that you're able to show it off. So I think it's key for being able to really create some of those beautiful angles, having mobility prevent injury, and just having a sustainable sustainable lifestyle where I practice yoga in in the office, you know, knowing how to unwind different areas is really useful based off of like what our day-to-day life demands, where it's like, we're not made to sit. So it's important to have things to help open the hips, the hips are the junk drawer for the body we have a lot of stress (laughs) there. So, and with, like, sitting, at it, sitting around at a desk, we end up with, like, this, like, T-Rex-type posture. I didn't think you need to be able to open open your chest. Otherwise, you end up with all these other issues as things go out of alignment. I could talk yoga all day. Wow.
0: <laughs> all of that from yoga. Wow. All of that from now, yoga. Now, I have to it, it I have to ask, because with the, with the hernia, if was it still easy to do? The, uh, the yoga movement, because, you know, I, I struggle, you know, just with our stretches be pre- and post-class. So, uh, and that's just if I get a cramp. I can't imagine, you know, having a weakened muscle and expect it to, to stand on point. Or did that strengthen the muscles around it to where you were able to just uh, basically work through it?
2: I, I was able to work through it. I mean, I would, like, you know, for, for different things, pop it in and be conscious of how I was um, contracting it. I would have to be more careful with, like, twisting and coughing, or if I had a full stomach, twisting was much more uncomfortable then, but I knew kind of how to work with it. And it, it ended up working because despite not actively being able to do much in the way of core for, like, five years, Spring of 2016, in my last show, I actually won best abs of show, and I, like, next never did abs because, I, you know, I would do more stabilization like planks and, again, you know, just keeping it engaged during my workout. So I was able to work with it, but I had to be very, very mindful, and I noticed as I tapered off doing as much core work as I had pre-hernia, I ended up developing more low back pain. But this season, really dialing in and stepping up the the core work. I don't have any of that low back pain either. just having an all around tighter core and more balanced body. It's, everything's a lot happier with having a a strong strong core work. Do you feel
1: like, and I know you talked about this a little bit, but I would like to elaborate on it more because I feel that this is an area as a natural athlete that I really need to work on too, but that the the flexibility that you gain through yoga helps you to be better able to present your muscles in posing because it just allows you and I know this is outside of bikini but I think the same philosophy is still there so you know maybe bumping up more to figure physique bodybuilding but it's just going to allow you to be able to spread those muscles more and show them off um, because you're just more flexible whether it's across your back your shoulders, your quads, your hamstrings. Thoughts on that?
2: Yes. Yes, all of that is true. And it increases the blood flow as well, where if the fashion, all the muscles are so tight, it's constricting the blood flow from what is really possible. So you're starving your muscles also of oxygen. And being flexible is, is good to a point, but then you run the risk of joint laxity, and you can be injured from being too flexible and pushing things beyond that safe range of motion. So actually um, in in alignment yoga, which is what I'm certified in, that we we really focus on anatomy and not having the body do anything that the body isn't designed to. They say blessed are the stiff. And that's part of that where, you know, working into that and creating more space, that's a lot easier and actually safer than on the other side of things where you're, you know, so, loosey-goosey, like with the joint laxity that you can comfortably move to that end range, but then you don't realize that you've gone too far until it's too late when it's like, oh, wait, that, that doesn't feel good now. And then you end up injured as a result, where I used to be much more flexible than I am now, and I thought that was a disadvantage, but it's that, that tightness is something really, really beneficial to work with, where there's more support, more stability, but it is important to start to open that open that up, not just because okay, it,
1: so it really feels good, good,
2: it looks good.
1: Yeah, and it really is good to have that balance there. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank Absolutely. you for elaborating on that more. And I know that our listeners really want you to elaborate more on how yoga really makes having sex better so without getting too deep into that, because we're just going to go off the deep end with questions nope after unintended. this point, just give nope us, unintended. just give us a very high level. See, and Kaylin's already leading them off, already kicking it off there. Just give us a very <laughs> high level explanation of how it, it approves the bomb wah out there, because that's what they want to know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <That> anyway, <laughs> A big part of yoga is practicing being present in the present moment where then you're not all in your brain. You're able to really be in your body and feel more into your body. And the moment is all that there is. And if you're, you know, lost in your headspace, you're missing out on what it could be. You could be missing out on cues. You're missing out on just so much by not being fully present one. Two, flexibility, fun variety, you know, and then you're in the overall better better health, um, you know, fewer muscle cramps. There we go. Well, yeah. And increased and, blood and flow and to
1: all the muscles. We'll leave it at that.
2: Ex- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ask, up ask up Google. Google. Ask Google. There's, there's <laughs> articles out there. <laughs> Oh shoot.
1: all right we're moving on we're not asking any more questions about that guys so just stop <laughs> whatever you're sending oh, yeah. in it's not happening we are moving on all right getting our getting our minds and our focus back into the natural bodybuilding realm so this one is from brian so i'm going to read this and um And then we're going to offer, I think, a little bit of clarification so Brian doesn't get lambasted for this. But he's saying, lifting in bikini is still something I have to struggle to imagine. I'm not a chauvinist, but I feel like one every time you guys have a bikini competitor on your show. Explain to me how they can look the way they do and still have those kinds of physiques. And so what I'm thinking is, Brian, so without going to the extreme of Brian thinking that or assuming that Brian believes that bikini competitors don't lift because I don't think that's what he's asking because clearly bikini competitors train very hard. Being a bikini competitor, I will vouch for that and so will Alicia. But I think he's just trying to understand, um, you know, I, I don't think he quite understands the degree to which we still train or how hard it is to even get the physique that a bikini competitor has um, because I think a lot of people have the impression that it's just super easy that you just get skinny and throw on a bikini and you step on stage and that's not it at all. There's a lot more involved and, um, you know, bikini competitors can have uh, a PR Um, and let's go ahead and explain what that is and then what that really means to be able to have one of those. So, KP, why don't you go ahead and lay it on us what a PR is. And then, Alicia, why don't you talk to us about, you know, what is a typical training day for you as a bikini competitor? And we'll kind of like unpack this question and shed some light on what it really takes to prep to be a bikini competitor. So, Kaylin, let's start with you.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I guess to go first on the female question. I like that. here it is uh, a pr is basically a a, a guiding rod for improvement um uh, with with good form and with good anything else it's a personal record that where you were is better now i mean where you, where you are now is better than where you were and if you're constantly in a state of improvement there's going to be basically a starting point a, a certain number of reps that are improved upon And then it's time to go up to the next level. And this is how lifters and uh, people in the gym are basically gauging if they're getting better or worse. Because a lot of times we stall and something is keeping us from improving. And PRs are basically when we pass that point of basically, I guess, being comfortable. You can get to a certain point. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we get lazy. Sometimes life happens and we get pulled away from the gym a little bit longer than expected, and we either stall or go down or decline. It happens. Life happens. We, we talk about that a lot on this show. Uh, one of the things that's always nice is when we get back and not only get back but start improving from much better than where we expected to, that means the diet's on point, the rest is on point. When I say rest, I mean recovery, rest and recovery and then the the workout itself. Because if you're listing a bad form, at some point you're going to get derailed with an injury. And uh, sometimes we twist an ankle playing basketball or just walking down the street, and that can set us back. But those PRs are constant reminders that we're getting better each time that we get in there, and it's a motivator for sure to do this.
1: All right, there you have it. So in, in the simplest of terms, say I'm – We'll take a deadlift and say I am only able to um, deadlift, let's say, 100 pounds, which is – anyway, we're just going to say 100 pounds. I'm not going to qualify that as light or heavy. And I can deadlift 100 pounds for five reps, and that's the best I can do. So at that point, that's my PR. But say after a couple of weeks of training, I'm able to deadlift 100 pounds for – 10 reps, and that's my PR. So you see that even though I'm lifting the same weight, I've gone up in the number of repetitions, and then from there, maybe I'll move up to 120 pounds for five reps, and that's my PR. And then maybe, you know, a little bit of time after that, I'm lifting 120 for 10. So it's a progression of repetition and amount of weight. And it just all depends on where you start. So everybody's going to have different PRs. There's there's not like a, a record PR that everybody has to meet to say they had a PR. It's just progressing beyond where they were, like Kaylin said. So, Alicia, talk to us about what is your training regimen like and how has that progressed? And, you know, if you feel comfortable in sharing how much you lift on certain exercises, that would be great and um, just how, you know, either lifting more as far as weight or increasing your number of reps, um, how that is impacting your physique as well.
2: Absolutely. So um, I started going to my first two preps, I only went to a class or two with my coach a week uh, where I have a background in training, so I, I could write all my own programming, and I do for some of my supplemental lifts. But just at this stage in the game, coming back post, post-op, I was in a spot where it was like, just tell me what to do. So when we first started off, we were doing uh, progressive overload training based off of a one-rep max. I did not do the one-rep max, having just come off of surgery. So we started off at weights that I could do that were challenging, but I wasn't you know, aggravating, aggravating my stomach. Um, aggravating that recent, um, you know, surgery. And then, so I train um, at the gym like five, six days a week. I don't do much in the way of cardio. That's something I've just started to add in a little bit as I get ready to transition into my improvement season. I'm going to be doing some 5Ks, 10Ks, things like that for fun over the summer. Um, And we did the progressive overload training, I want to say for like six six or eight weeks. Um, now we switched over to German volume training, and that is getting ready to switch up to something different where we're still, still challenging, still growing. Uh, Monday is an upper body focus. Tuesday, legs. Wednesday, cardio core. Thursday is upper body again, but more accessory muscles. And Friday is leg day again. Saturday, strength cardio. Some days I'll throw in you know, an additional workout. Um, but that the week before my competition we were at, it was like 80, it was like our last week of the uh, progressive overload, and it was at like 85% of one rep max. And for weeks my numbers had started, you know, kept kept going up in that, and it really changed the game for me when I did deadlifts before squats. But the, the very last day we did them, um, I was up to – 175 four sets of five and then the fifth set was an amrap as many reps as possible and I popped off 17 where that just told me I could have lifted a whole lot more than that 175 but that weight had been going up up and up and especially after flipping that with with the the squats where deadlifts just feel better better on my body less pressure on my back Um, I used to be a girl that loved Love the squats. And I was up at like one 50, for those four sets of five with the AMRAP and my AMRAP was still really, really high. Um, and those were new, new personal records, but I feel like I could have gone heavier, but with it being the week right before peak week, as well as, you know, being just a few months off of surgery, um, I honored my body. Like, I didn't want to push it too hard. And end up injured the week before a show, so I'm looking forward to continuing to watch those numbers go up from there in the the improvement season coming up here.
1: All wow. right,
2: very good. All right, KP, extra thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, um, if, if I, I know there's a lot of guys, and you know, we we've been blessed with uh, Mika Tyree at our gym that has really humbled uh, a lot of the the male figures in our gym just because she seems to go beast mode every week. I think uh, Mike and I have both kind of trying to slow her down basically so she can get caught up with the gains that she's been doing because she's so driven. I don't want her to risk injury in an attempt to uh, go – further than what she's doing. So basically we're calling out the dogs. But a lot of the guys, you know, like they won't say it uh to her or around her in her presence, but they're kind of um humbled by her form for one, her ability to just constantly go up those numbers and then to look at themselves and see that they should be doing better so that she's challenging them in a way that most guys won't and can't, but she's also lifting as a woman with the intent to be a better person down the road. So, you know, for what what Brian was saying, it's kind of a double-edged sword to see women progressing and then you challenge yourself with the risk of injury. I would rather you do good form and lift on your level in your lane basically be challenged to a point where you you're hurting yourself and limiting what you can do. Uh, I think as as guys, you know, we're always going to be checking our ego at the door if we're really trying to improve, but women going hardcore in the gym is nothing new to me. So it's never surprising to watch it happen. And when they're set in stone, With the foundation of self improvement, it's really hard to slow them down. So, you know, you're going to see this at some point in your gym life. So, you know, have it be something that you're very familiar with and used to. Desh?
1: Yep. And I would just say, and just for all those folks out there, uh, and I know they're, they're still there that think women can't lift and still look like women, that is incorrect. They can lift, they can develop muscle, and still look very feminine. Women who always say that they want to look toned, that's what they want. They want muscle. They want strength training. They just don't understand that's what toning means. They think it means cardio, and cardio is going to tone them up. Cardio is going to help them lose the weight to see the muscle that they might already have, but they're not going to have that super tight and toned look if they don't strength train, put a little weight on it. So. Just want to throw that out there as well. And for anyone wanting to know what AMRAP, AMRAP, A M R A P means, um, per Alicia's reference, that stands for as many reps as possible. So you're basically maxing out until you can't rep anymore at a given weight. So that's your AMRAP there. And uh, yeah. we're, we're Linda got a question here that's going to bring us back around to the beginning a little bit. She says. You guys haven't asked her regular day job and why she felt the need to first feel, why she felt the need to step on stage after all. And I feel like we've touched on this a little bit, but maybe we haven't. So, Alicia, go ahead and lay down on us again what you do um, for your 9 to 5. And then I know you had talked about that you were just really interested in exploring more about weight and getting stronger, but I guess we never talked about how that carried over into becoming a competitor. So if you will expand on both of those areas for us, we will appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. So my day job, AKA the investor in my dreams, that which makes everything else possible for right now. Um, I'm an inside sales rep. So It's the actually only sedentary job I've had for this long, but I make an effort to stand at my desk. I'm on the wellness committee where you can take the gym rat out of the gym, but that passion for fitness, food, health, well-being, I I can't turn it off. Um, And for me, the the urge to come back to stage, I realized in my first two seasons, like my first season I did one show – and any new competitor out there, do at least two your first season. you work so hard to get in that kind of shape that give yourself, you know, the the grace and the opportunity to do at least two, maybe three if you've got it in you, but definitely more, more than one is what I'd suggest. And then my second season, I just did two, but both seasons, I didn't give it my 100%. Maybe to the best I was able, but I... I really discovered how you do anything is how you do everything, and I, you know, cut corners. I didn't do all the restorative stuff. I didn't always hit my macros. I wasn't very coachable and trainable, and you know, I fell back on having like a pretty good foundation and good genes, where it, it just didn't feel good thinking like, okay, you know, yeah, my my 80%, like this is what it looks like, and you know, I'm placing, but what What does a hundred look like? And I discovered way too in way too real of a way, you know like the the pain of regret is so much worse than the pain of discipline, where you know it's hard either way. It's hard having a plan and sticking to it, but it's even harder falling off the rails and then having to correct or you know stress up to your coach after the fact versus being honest along the way, being coachable, being trainable, um, and a- asking for help when you need it. And it took me time to learn that. And the the first two seasons, I think it was more of, um, it, it had been something that I wanted to do for a long time, but it gave me gave me a little bit of a path and a purpose and reconnected me to training. But, it became so much more this last, this last season where it's always been an act of radical self-love for me to compete, but I was ready to commit to myself at whole new levels this season where, you know, things I wasn't really willing to do otherwise or had, had set the intention, you know, with, like, setting boundaries with people, with, just honoring my time and being really conscious of like my mental diet because of competing this season, all of that, I was able to dial in so much more because I had those two previous seasons to look back on and see what worked, what didn't work. And, you know, continuing to refine as I go uh, where this, this season was really about embodying excellence and giving it 100%. Like, I see what 80%, what that looks like, what that felt like. You know, I saw what 85%, 90%, and it's like I'm closer, much closer to that 100% march, but it's unequivocally brought out the best in me this season, where in previous seasons I feel like it was more like every single chink in my armor was revealed, and I learned so much about myself, but i wasn't really in a position to fully work with it or honor it at that time some of those those seeds that were sown of intention and what what i knew i was capable of it took some time to germinate where you know there were moves there were job changes surgery it's been a really long journey back and i just appreciate the opportunity to compete to be able to honor honor my body and step into that that potential and see see what's possible for myself and I just hope it inspires other people to see and challenge themselves to see what they're capable of and it's been really cool seeing some of those principles of you know like the the day of a competition isn't really what it's about like the competition is me versus me, versus the six inches between my ears, day in and day out, and keeping that in a good place, keeping that on track, where like the day of a show, that's just like the victory celebration for having, you know, battled my demons, for having followed my path all that way, and it's made me be more coachable, trainable um, in other areas of, of my life as well, and really... Cut the, cut the fluff where, you know, I like to say it's like if something's not making me a happier, healthier, better human, it really doesn't have a space or place in my life. And through prep, that's become, you know, glaringly clear, and it's helped me prioritize my life. And I, I just love, love the sport. So, um, feel, so it feels like coming home, and it's helped me rediscover, you know, my best self.
1: Well, and it sounds like you know it—it's been just a lot, a long time coming in pulling all these things together, and that's what's led you back to the stage. But would you say it's all of these things? Well, it can't be all of these things because this is a work in progress. But is it, you know, the honor in your body that moved you to even compete in the first place? Or was a suggestion that somebody said, well, you should get on stage, and then all of these things were the fruits of that labor from that very first show? Or what prompted you to step on that stage that very first time?
2: That very first time, well, um, going, going back to being in college uh, and reading Oxygen magazine, like from the time I was 18, I just remember seeing Lori Harder on the cover of oxygen and being like, wow, like, look at her. She's so strong, so confident, you know, just to embody that type of of health and strength and esteem for herself where she loved and respected herself enough to give herself, you know, that gift and then stand and speak to inspire other women. I just always really looked up and Admired and respected her for that, and I probably would have competed sooner had I not got put on those antibiotics that gave me all the the tendon issues because that happened my last semester of of college, actually, and that was you know right around the time when people people thought I competed back then, um, where I was like no nope, mm-hmm. you know not not yet, and it just took me you know years to really reclaim reclaim my health and. I was a trainer then and then got the whole, you didn't go get a four year degree to be a trainer and then went down a different path. But time and time again, with everything I do, I keep getting pulled back to health and fitness and mindfulness where it's just like my, my passion, where I I did want to see, you know, what my best looks like and to build something really great. But I also you know it was to inspire and empower other people where it's like this is my next level because of the foundation i built like i don't know what that next level is for you but my hope always is that by somebody seeing me pushing for my next level it inspires them to take those steps for themselves cuz we're all capable of so mm. so very much more than than we're doing
1: And that is the truth. Believe that wholeheartedly. So thank you, Linda, for asking those questions that pushed us to get some more clarification because that was all good stuff. Uh, This next question is from Kendra, and she's asking, why compete as a natural?
2: Is there any other way? I mean, it's fair. It's true. (laughs) It's honest. Yeah. I mean, because, like, if you cut corners there's always a cost my first season i cut corners with sleeping i cut corners with not foam rolling doing enough yoga and it came and it bit me in the butt i ended up with a herniated disc and a sprained eye joint and i went from being in the best in the best shape of my life to being like unable to walk where there is always a cost i just thought i was you know 20 feet tall bulletproof and invincible but that's not true you know i'm <laughs> well I I I better know my limits but uh yeah, was like that's one of those things. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, like all the, all natural is you know, that's why I always use the hashtag naturally amazing. Like we don't need to cut corners where it's again, you know, there's there's always a cost, but it's like, you know, you deserve to see what your best actually is. And if you're artificially supplementing, artificially cutting corners, it, it, it's just not, not the same. Where this for me is a lifestyle and it's like I lift in all seasons and I lift for life where I, I feel like that would shorten the longevity of my ability to compete and just exist as a healthy, happy human. Um, where I mean, we're we're more than enough. We're more than enough as as we are. And if you eat right, train hard, we're all capable of a lot. Without all that. That's
1: right. That's right, sister. So that is awesome. Um, we are running on about roughly a little less than ten minutes left. So we do have some more listener questions. Um, I want us to get through, Although we could elaborate on this area a little bit more, but we're going to move on. Deborah wants to know: um, Kaylin had referenced that you've got some more shows forecast for this season. Um, where are you looking at competing?
2: Um, so, my next show this spring is in Madison, Wisconsin, June 8th. And it's, oh my God, it's, it's wild. I'm like I've done so many. I'm like let me grab the flyer because I'm like it's my brain is like alphabet soup with how many different federations I've competed in and three different <laughs> states and all all of this. But uh, it's the uh, Junior USA We're National different. Bodybuilding Championship um, here in Madison. It's an INBA show. Okay, very good. And you know I'm glad you bring that out because our
1: question from Sheldon is. Do you realize that you could be on or share the cover of Iron Man magazine for Naturals? And, of course, you know that is run by the Caicos family, which champion the INBA, PNBA. Um, So there you have it. Did you know that? Have you gotten your April issue of Iron Man magazine, Alicia?
0: (laughs) No,
2: and that is great to know. (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, I'll now you know. Degree. So it's a good thing you asked that question, Sheldon, because she was not aware, and so now she is aware. So you're going to have to get on Facebook, uh, look up Iron Man magazine, make sure it's the one affiliated uh, with Donatties, the- and uh, yep, and uh, and check it out. Or you can uh, you can Google that on the interweb, and uh, you can download Yo, your okay. online edition for, what is it, seven ninety nine or something like that, an issue, if you don't have a hard copy. And there are several back issues that folks can purchase as well. So you guys Better can that check account. that out.
0: Yeah. Awesome,
2: 8. awesome. I I just wrote it down because I've got competition brain. So made and, and Alicia, of that. I will definitely check that out.
0: Alicia, yes. I'll, I'll bring my copy, and you can read that at the June 8th yes. show. Boom. Excellent. (laughs) There you go.
1: If you have time and the capacity, otherwise you can go check it out and download it and then you'll have it for whenever you're ready. All right. This one is from Sam. She's saying, she's asking if she's a trainer as well, does she have a way to uh, be contacted um, or, you know, either locally or online? So are you, I mean, I know you said you're a yoga instructor. Um, Do you do, Mm -hmm. do you train uh, folks as well?
2: I have taken an off-season with that with recovering from my surgery and then being full bore into competing. I am looking at taking on a couple people over the summer. That is a gear shift I'm getting getting ready to make. Um, website is not currently up, so the best way is to reach out to me on either the Book of Faces or Insta. What?
1: The Book the book of Faces are where? And what What are these? What is this magic that you speak of? I'm not yeah. familiar with I the call, Book I of call, Faces. I call
2: Facebook, I call Facebook the oh. Book of Faces. Oh, okay. The Book of Faces. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> woo!
0: Nice. All right. Got both of us with that one.
1: Uh-huh. You sure did. I'm like, is there something I'm missing out on? We need to find out. <laughs>
0: Organized. All right, that's awesome.
1: Now we know. Hey, now we know. KT, <laughs> any any final questions for our guest tonight?
0: Well, um, the one came from uh, Dale. If you want to throw that one out there, because uh, I, I I like that. I like that because I I see the the comparison.
1: Oh, gotcha. So we had on a, uh, a, a former guest and friend of ours. Her name is Jenny Chattama, and she is a natural bikini competitor, but she's also a yoga instructor. So Dale is commenting. He's saying she, meaning you, Alicia, is fierce, but she reminds me of your previous yoga guest, Jenny Chattama. So there you have it. You are reminiscent of another gal, another natty who's also into yoga and also happens to be blonde. There you go. Um, So there we have it. And uh, Jenny continues to do great things with her yoga program that she's had and different things and to be inspirational like you, Alicia. So we should probably bring her back around on another day and and, uh, get an update on what she is doing. But until then, Miss Alicia, um, we'd like to give you the opportunity to give shout-outs to anyone and everyone who has been supportive of you throughout your journey thus far. So please feel free to do so now.
2: Oh, my greatness. There have been more than people really this season. It has been phenomenal audiobooks keeping my brain in the game where I'm always thankful for, you know, the people I meet on my path, hearing why people compete. But what has really helped me stay in my lane, audiobook Chasing Excellence, by Ben Bergeron, if you're looking for some good mind content because that is where the competition truly lies, where they, they're my unofficial mindset coaches because, like, the lifting weights is the easy part of all this. Um, then Relentless, from good to great to unstoppable uh, by Tim S. Grover. He mm. coached Kobe and Michael, and Ben Bergeron coached, like, the top CrossFit athletes. And then most recently, I've been listening to "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins, who's an African American Navy SEAL who's ran over 60 ultra marathons. Where his principles on mindset wow. completely blew me away. Where some people thought I was special kind of crazy for doing six shows this spring. But then hearing about that man doing his first ultra with three days notice and no preparation, it just really highlighted to me that there's a whole other escalon of in crazy, in, insane, crazy passion and perseverance that I can't even begin to touch where those three books really helped my mindset, helped me stay in my lane. And if so it wasn't them, it was E.T. in my morning every, every morning. I grind where the days that I didn't have that, you know, plug in that connection, it would be easier for me to not hit my macros, for me to not give 110% in my workouts, to not show up, you know, the best I could every day at work, despite being hungry or tired or feeling some type of way. But um, those unequivocally my, my season would have been off the rails a long time ago had I not consciously plugged in, to those resources every single day.
1: Awesome. And thanks for pulling that out. That there are other, you know, resources out there in addition to the human the human vibe that, you know, you really can't you can't deny. But there are other things too to, as Alicia is saying, keep you in your lane, keep your mind focused. So thank you for calling that out to us. And with that, it is time. That time to end the show. Thank you very much, Alicia, for joining us and sharing all of your energy. And uh, keep us posted on how these upcoming shows go because we will definitely want to share that with the listeners. Uh, So, with that, yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank you.
0: You are welcome. I'll keep you updated with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sheesh. A Midwest muscle in the yes. house, maybe, I, I guess, since i uh, been so easily dismissed. <laughs> wow. Oh,
1: my goodness. Oh, my goodness.
0: No, Oh, my greatness. Nobody's dismissed. Dismiss. Oh, my greatness. I was just oh, going that.
1: That's was... right. Why be good oh, when you great? Oh, my greatness. Greatness. So let Yes. Let's, <laughs> yes. Yes. So... Oh, my greatness. On behalf of Alicia Marie Sedoris, Midwest Muscle in the house, Kaylin Patterson, Desiree fletcher Cruthers, all the boys at P for Team Muscle, hashtag chocolate wave for the win, your body is a temple, so let's build it.